0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com.
1: Hello, hello, lovelies. I just want to welcome you to an episode of Gingerarchy. Peace and love to you on December 40th, 2020.
0: How are you, Tricia?
1: I have a baby here that's semi-sleeping, so we might get baby cries. And that's fine.
0: So tell us about motherhood. How's motherhood?
1: It's difficult. You know, being 29 and all. (laughs) uh, uh, I have a 16 and a 13-year-old that still require much of my attention and a newborn baby. So that's kind of a weird mix. So that's fun. Neat.
0: Yeah. You have quite the range. So how old is your oldest again?
1: Yeah. My oldest is 16 and a half. She'll be 17 in June.
0: Okay. So you had children at like what?
1: Like eleven, 10, you're basically, right. <laughs> yeah, like eleven. 12. I actually did have her fairly young, but um, yeah, I wasn't ten. So <laughs> it, it's strange. Like I'm trying to teach them how to babysit. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah. So. Are they good at it? I don't know. Um, no, not really.
0: <laughs> Why? <laughs> just on they their phone just don't too much. Know
1: anything about it, which I think is funny because I think it might be a generational thing. Like I was babysitting at twelve. Like in my church and stuff like that. And nobody does that anymore. Kids don't have part time jobs. Like my daughter got a job and it's really weird. She's the only 16 year old there. Um, just kids don't do what they did like 10, 20 years ago. It's weird.
0: Yeah, I um I've noticed that like kids don't want to drive either. They just they're they're kind of like, What, yes. what good is I, Gen I've Z? have noticed
1: that too. I think that they, I don't know. I think that they want to stay forever children. It's weird, which I always wanted to get out of the house. Like that was my big focus. You know? Right. I, I don't understand that.
0: So what a heck of a week. Um, are you regretting holy bringing shit. a child into the world?
1: <laughs> you know, I thought about that. My husband and I have talked about that a lot. Just holy shit. 2021 is ass balls crazy. Right. It's ass balls crazy. <laughs>
0: So, like, where do you come down on it? I mean, are you... I mean, obviously, you're glad to have a kid, I'm sure, but...
1: Yes, but, you know, like, uh, if you look back throughout history, and if you're a, a student of history, you'll realize that there's crazier and worse times than this, so what yeah. a time to be alive is kind of... Um, you can take that whatever way you want to. Uh, this week was especially troubling, though. It troubled me more so, not for having a child that I brought into this world, but... For the people that I associate with, I was really disappointed in them. So, um, They all kind of gave in to this power structure that we've been fighting against, and it, it really bothered me. Uh, I saw a lot of people celebrating these idiots storming the ca- uh, Capitol and um, trying to support a president, and they were saying it's not about that. It was totally about that. You, yeah. you, don't, you don't storm a Capitol with a guy's name on a flag and don't acknowledge the guy with the name on the flag like uh, I just I can't I don't understand people that think it's about something else I think maybe they want it to be about something else but it's not it's a bunch of idiots celebrating an authoritarian and and as an anarchist like that's the last thing I ever want to do I I don't get it I I, it's completely lost to me
0: I, f- I look at it and I go, well, OK, if those people succeed in keeping Trump in power, do you think that the system stays the same as it was the last four years? And do you think that those people will be more peaceful? M- will they be agorists? <laughs> I, I don't no, think no. so.
1: No, uh, because I will say that the few like anarchists and agorists that I know that are like principled will have nothing to do with this. Like They're like, yeah, have fun. I don't care.
0: So, you know what's really funny, weird. and it sort of speaks to this because the people that you're kind of talking about. So, when I came into the libertarian movement in 2007, and I've always been more of a you know, the argument was never you're left a, or right.
1: You're a mini status, Chris. It's yes.
0: Fine. No, I little, okay. I, uh,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: just king blue pill over here, and so yeah. I, <laughs> I was. You know, I was thinking the other day, I go, I never really heard people talk about left or right libertarianism ever until around 2018 when, you know, certain people brought in this demagoguery and and Trumpist style Mm -hmm. politics into the party. And I was like, this is going to be a big problem. It's going to completely break up the libertarian movement. And here we Mm -hmm. are. Uh, And
1: because libertarianism should be the opposite of left and right. It, it should be a, a third eye. You know what I mean? It should be completely different. Yeah. Yeah, we had to break it into those categories is bad.
2: It's
0: right. Bad. So the movement had been ingrained with the Nolan chart, which was north and south, and and yeah. east and west, and like you were. The arguments amongst libertarians in two thousand and eight were, I'm not going to support this candidate because they want to abolish all government versus i'm not going to support this candidate because they want a barely a constitutional republic like so the idea of what government was was you know very 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 minimal um Mm -hmm. i just uh i i'm surprised at how we've kind of fallen out of the nolan chart of of statist versus maximal freedom and you know the people that you're talking about, like those were the pragmatics' enemy back in the day. And I look at like Daryl Perry, and I'm like, God, I miss the days when like Daryl Perry and Lee Wrights were the biggest problem because we've got so many people now that seem to be so hungry for violence, and like it just is the opposite. And and I'm not, I'm so, I'm sort of not surprised to hear that like those folks. Are not involved and not wanting anything to do with this because they're all kind of hippies a little bit.
1: Uh, I, you know, it, it's kind of funny because, uh, like, uh, obviously, libertarianism at its core, and if you look back to the original philosophy, and we could probably get, uh, talk to Dennis about, you know, where libertarianism started, but um, it was uh, being against the initiation of violence. And that seems to be where. Uh, we're having an issue <laughs> now with these people, and it's like I—I I don't really understand why you think that violence is okay. Um, and, and certainly as an AnCap, you know, obviously if the government aggresses against me, I think I have every right to act against, act against them with violence. But uh, they're just talking really vague, weird terms, and it seems kind of like the opposite of libertarian philosophy, and I just feel like these people really aren't rooted in the philosophy. They maybe came over as status and never really kind of understood the philosophy. They just were here because they thought maybe it was cool or different. I don't know. A
0: lot of new libertarians. They're, I don't
1: think they're really principled.
0: A lot yeah, of new, they're yeah. Not really
1: principled. They're no, weird. and I don't think you can
0: expect, like, I'll never forget Mary Ruart. If you've never read Mary Ruart's book, uh, Heal- I have not. Oh, but it's I know so what good. We
1: were talking about in the chat today
0: Healing oh. Our World. Oh, I wish I would- And she talks a lot. And, like, I remember at an LNC meeting in, like, 2009 or 10, her kind of looking at me and saying, Well,. I've been on the Liberty train a lot longer, and I'm a few stops ahead of you. And when you kind of get to this station, you'll look back and you'll go, yep, she was right. And now I'm, like, past the station she was at even then. Now she's even further (laughs) into Liberty Yoda land. But, like, you know, uh, I look at a lot of these younger people who have this unawareness of anything that happened in the libertarian movement, the libertarian party, the libertarian philosophy (laughs) Pre two thousand and eight, <laughs> and and yeah. uh, they're missing a lot of really good stuff. And then when you try to bring it up, it's very hostile. It's it's
1: uh, that's the thing. And I can say as an anarchist now because I've kind of left like worrying about what states think about me. Um, but as far as Ron Paul goes. I think, he, number one, he's a, he was a really a tremendous benefit to the liberty movement, definitely. like, And, and he was a pretty principled guy, even though he ran for office. <laughs> um, but w- what happened out of that is that people came over from a status side, and they never really left it. They just kept dipping their toes. And so now they're not – they haven't – most of them haven't found their footing. I do know some anarchists that have and kind of left that. And they, they don't worship the guy, they appreciate what he did, but he was just a stepping stone. For other people, um, they can't let go of the like, it's just really weird. It was like th- that he was their first love, mm-hmm. and they can't ever, they can't ever love anyone else. And see, I love anarchy now, and that has nothing to do with Ron Paul. And honestly, I never even knew who Ron Paul was. Because like, you was were
0: a key. giant Republican, never, were you not?
1: I was a huge Republican. I was a delicate. I was a super conservative. Like like Rush Limbaugh was my hero. So Ron Paul meant nothing to me, and I remember thinking about Paul bots a little bit <laughs> and how weird they were. Um, but and I do appreciate the guy. I mean, he has uh, – it's – I hate to tear him down because I really don't think it's his fault. I think it's the people that have put him on a pedestal's fault. Um
0: I don't know why we always but, feel like we have to kiss his ass. Like I'm so tired of kissing I the ass of these people. Like I don't uh, understand
1: and he's not that type of guy. Like he he's a pretty humble guy. I don't think he really cares about people kissing his ass. So why what are you doing it for? <laughs> I don't understand. Right. Is it some rite of passage or I don't know. Um, I know that I've gotten past that. Um, and I, I never worshiped the guy. I do appreciate him. I think he was, you know, a really great tool in the movement. Um, but I'm an anarchist because of what I've read and my principles and my life experience. It doesn't have a lot to do with a politician that was in, you know, like, uh, ran for president in the Republican party. That's not, that's not where the foundation of my, uh, principles lie. <laughs> it's weird to me. It's it's strange.
0: So we are uh, able to take your comments and questions too. So if you want to leave us a comment, we're talking uh, about this week and censorship. Oh, and we're God. going to talk about the uh, the storming of the Capitol. we got our first comment here. Let's l- take a listen.
1: Yeah. And regarding Ron Paul, I agree a hundred percent, but people should also listen to Noam Chomsky though. Definitely. Oh,
2: I love
0: Noam. You love Noam Chomsky? I
1: love Noam Chomsky. Yeah. Like I'm a true anarchist. Um, I've kind of, gone down to where I don't although I would kind of classify myself as an anarcho-capitalist um which I am um but I just think it's he's a classical anarchist and I, I love and appreciate what he says and some people say he's left in it yeah there's definitely some things that are leftist about him but um yeah love Noam Chomsky the cool thing about being an anarchist is that I can objectively look at status and pick and choose what I enjoy about them and leave the rest behind
0: yeah <laughs> i interviewed cool. noam chomsky in 2013 it's in <gasps> it's in uh, the the wa- yeah the wall plus how uh, did feed. i not
1: know that chris what the hell i've interviewed
0: all kinds of uh fancy people chris, um
1: okay so now you've got like like you're just my friend but you've also just gained a bunch of cool points so I'm
0: he just was so you know. i have his phone number do you want his phone number
1: <laughs> what he, oh my god what the hell <laughs> Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Yeah. His, oh, send me that episode,
0: too. Uh, his I, office phone number, he was so nice. He was, like, very humble. And he, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, he sounded, like, oh, 900 years old at that point. Well, uh, he is. He of. is, yeah. yeah. And then now <laughs> I see him on, like, Democracy Now! And he's like, I don't know it. But, uh, no, Noam Chomsky as, And I think partially why... I was talking to somebody today about why they're very triggered or very sensitive about certain things that are happening with the conservative movement right now and it's because they were a part of it and like i think part of my sensitivity to it is that i was a young conservative in the early 2000s who got completely fooled by propaganda and now i see republicans doing that to well-meaning people again and it infuriates me watching people be propagandized and noam chomsky has written Mm -hmm. some of the best books about uh, propaganda and how People are sold in the modern media age and by politicians on certain things. And like when I look at what happened at the the, the Capitol, like, we did an episode of the Chris Spangle show today where we talked to two people who were there and both of them said there just wasn't a person that didn't think that this was stolen from him. You, you know, the 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 Trump media ecosystem has turned the left into like part Thanos, part the Borg, part God, like they have, they have infinite powers. They can kill people at will. They can steal elections without it being traced. Like they are, they are every bit, if not more, powerful than the Cabal and the Blacklist. And it <sighs> is, and, and then on top of that, this incredibly evil, powerful machine is going to line you up, shoot you if you don't kneel <laughs> and say that that black people are superior. I mean, I don't think people really totally understand how afraid of quote, the left people in this movement oh, are and how propagandized well, they've been by it over that's five years. What,
1: Christopher, that's what statism does. It makes people very afraid. It gives you the worst boogeyman you could ever imagine. It plays on your worst fears. And so that is what uh, I would say that the left and the right uh, and the, um, Media do they they play on people's worst fears, so you take normal people that are just working their everyday jobs and you make them think that somebody is out to get them. And it's not to say that there's not some truth to that. So you take this little bit of truth and then you um, magnify it to some sort of like boogeyman, and it, it becomes ridiculous. I, I don't understand, and that's what I love about anarchism is because. I just, I don't have to be a part of that. Like I, like I, I jokingly say I don't have a president and it's not because, Ooh, this person said bad words or this person tweeted something, whatever. It's the fact that I lead myself. I own my own life. This person that lives far away from me does not have that much control. They can't, they can't murder me. I mean, I mean technically they could, but, <laughs> um, and I think these people let, politicians have so much control over their lives they're so scared of them and it's just like just stop it doesn't mean anything they want it to mean something let them go they're not part of your life like I'm just, I'm just not going to let them be part of my life and I don't fucking care
0: about them i, I think people really uh, they really because people have no understanding of how their government works at all because they've never volunteered for a campaign they've never well that's true most for people office. think
1: that we have a federalist government most mm-hmm. people think that people like, are obsessed with the
0: federal elections yeah. and the reality is yeah. if you go and work in in politics you will have a much different view of the people that work in politics and politicians and how government works and it becomes veep instead of house of cards it becomes you right. know parks and rec yes. as opposed to the blacklist like because humans are fallible fallen creatures that are largely incompetent and the government is largely incompetent and to assign all of this nefariousness to to fallen creatures who can't i, I mean Everywhere there's a camera now. <laughs> you know, I I mean so oh, if yeah. if you're going to steal an election and, and shift eight million votes in multiple states, you you'd have to have like a Christ-like understanding of the future and know where to put those ballots undetected. I mean, it's it strains credulity. And I had one of my high school friends, one of my best friends in my wedding. Uh, text me hey trump is speaking at 7 p.m tonight it's all going down they've got 195,000 warrants for arrest this is the the, (laughs) trump is going to cut off all electricity he's going to cut off the national communications he's going to declare the left uh, an imminent threat and i was sitting with someone and they go yeah i've heard that three times from this group of people so
1: yeah also that's not how our government is set up
0: they don't have the ability. Like, the government is so weak and ineffectual that 5,000 people can just stroll into the most secure building on the planet after the White House and Pentagon. Like, what do you think that the real true nature of this government is? It's very weak, and that is because it is so decentralized. And so, so many of the arguments that are made so often in, in, in populist libertarianism totally undercut the value of our arguments in that a decentralized government is a weak government it isn't powerful and th- the proof is that trisha and i are here on a free and open platform talking about how much the government sucks you know like yeah a- a- and then the counter to that though is well they just removed parlor they just removed trump they've removed alex jones they're censoring why don't you buy that and and i go I agree with you. I was against that from the beginning. They never should have gotten into censoring political speech, you know, but
1: no. Yeah.
0: At the end of the day, I kind of get them not wanting to, you know, have people plotting terrorist attacks on their, you know, I don't want you doing that in my house. (laughs) It's their property. But,
1: um, well, I also think like the algorithms and, um, like, the bots don't understand what's good or bad, so they're just taking stuff off that's not one thing or the other.
0: Yeah, right. Like, I said this on the big show today, on Chris on the Chris Spangle Show. John Hudak, Joshua Smith, Dan Smotes, Liberty memes, these are libertarians that have been deleted and had their whole mm-hmm. business pages. Patre- Patreon member Tom Modica had his business pages and his personal pages removed. And, like, Tom... John, Joshua, these are not domestic terrorists. These are just dudes who no. post memes about the government and like they're not even conspir. Well, I don't know. Dan is conspiratorial. Well,
1: but, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it,
0: it, you know, and he's harmless. He's he's just giving information that he finds to be valuable. And you can listen to it or not listen to it. It's your choice. Like, there was no reason for those guys to have their accounts permanently banned. They're taking a hammer to this when they really needed a scalpel, and and they just – they're not doing it correctly. They don't really care. But it's not just the the right, too. Like, in the pat-down group, we had 20, 30 different posts deleted against community guidelines yesterday in the uh, pat-down group, and, like, that is full of Democrats. So
1: during the 2018 (laughs) purge? Like, a lot of people thought it was just alternative media, and it was, but there was actually leftist alternative media that was, like, taken down. It's anybody that's outside of their range because, like I said, like, I don't think those algorithms account for, like, there's not a person thinking, oh, is this, you know, a racist post or is this whatever and – Honestly, in in my opinion, I think you should just let everything fly and let the chips fall where they may, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah,
0: like the, the, the problem is that going back to the fear that we talked about, when you start removing Parler, removing Trump, people don't take that as Donald Trump. Like, listen, Donald Trump is banned because of Donald Trump. It's not like they gave him more warnings than they've given Trisha and I and our bands. Like, oh, yeah, he's an adult.
1: No, I know people that have had perma bands that have done literally nothing wrong. And he literally incited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like he's uh, you know, he's 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 made his bed. He can lie in it. I don't feel sorry for him. But uh, when you when you do that. The average person who was on the Capitol steps plotting sedition and literally one of the guys said today, day, yeah, guys were saying, hold on, I've got explosives in my car. Don't rush the Capitol. Let me go get them. And the and they both said both of the people that were there, like one guy was like, I didn't, re- I, I, I didn't realize how I was this out of touch with these people. I didn't realize how angry and afraid they are. And there's going to be serious violence on inauguration day because of it. And
1: I, I think that that's the next thing, and I, I worry about that. Yeah. Like and need so to- when
0: when you when you delete him off of there, uh, or you remove Parler, and you're just in one fell swoop, remove like all you did was just got, Like people were starting to turn on him. And, mm-hmm. and local Republicans were finally saying enough, and then they did this, and the conversation changed, and it galvanized him again, and now they're all signing up for Parlor. A- a- and, you know, it built solidarity with him, and the news cycle completely just, turned.
1: Christopher, let's just talk about something. Let's talk about okay. somebody that you know really well. Okay. His name is Mike Pence. Yeah. <laughs> and you delivered him to us from Indiana. Yes, personally. So. I just want everybody listening to blame Chris Spengel for Mike Pence. Please do. Please. I'd love um, to. So, okay. So, what do you – on that day, it's very questionable, like, his behavior and Trump's behavior. Do you think they – like, Mike Pence hates him and they're, like, completely – like, I just want to know the soap opera drama.
0: So, like, I can tell you what I know from the Indiana political gossip and f- from <laughs> – Reading Tom LoBianco's great book, Piety and Power, on Mike Pence, talking to Tom off air, and then do, we did an interview with him. And if you want to hear more about Mike Pence, this interview is great. Uh, it's in the Chris Spengel Show feed. Um, Mike Pence is a <laughs> is a person that says what he believes. He doesn't lie. He just spins like crazy. And you know he's like fudging but like he's not going to say something that he generally doesn't believe and isn't going to participate in something he doesn't truly like he'll kind of compromise and go along but that's why you saw him never not once after the election did you see him say anything remotely tiptoeing to the line of stop the steal he just never got there he never did it he didn't believe it and he wasn't going to part of it yeah Yeah. he wasn't going to participate in it and uh he um, Mike Pence has spent literally his entire life since college running for president. every th- single thing <laughs> he has ever done has been to run for president, and I mean that so seriously. <laughs> such a, like, he's such a boring person. Uh, like, <laughs> but that's part of it, is that in that political era, he felt you needed to be boring. You just, he is a machine. Like, when we I ran a state a gubernatorial campaign against him, I've never seen anybody more disciplined. He never answered one question. He stuck to his script. He was just, you ask him about this. And you saw it in the debates. Like, what you saw in the debates was what drove the Indiana Press Corps crazy, is you'd go... You know,
2: he
1: was good. I mean, I disagree with him. I think he's an idiot status. What do you think about (laughs) ethanol?
0: Well, I just want to say Kamala Harris's record on abortion is terrible. (laughs) You know, like he's and and everybody here says the Mike Pence that was on the radio, which he was a radio talk show host at the cluster that I work at and at another one. And uh, literally all of the audio of him being on air basically has been destroyed. Um, But people who said, you know, I worked with him in his 80s and 90s campaigns and he's a totally different guy. Like he has – he is a much different, less fun person uh, according to everybody around here who takes way less chances. Like his first congressional run was super, super like dirty and he made up all this stuff about this guy and like (laughs) – and then he regretted it and he was just like, you know, it wasn't – he he trolled – like he had this famous ad where he like dressed up a guy like a, an, Iraq, an Iranian oil magnet and pretended that he oh was buying off the Democratic <laughs> opponent. And he said he regretted that forever and he wasn't going to do it again, and he never did. Um, he Again, he's just very disciplined and has a singular goal. My ex-wife had his wife as a third grade or sixth grade teacher uh, – third grade said she was the meanest teacher she ever had. <laughs> um, and, you know, Karen is as hardcore, we're going to be president as Mike ever was. Like when he became governor, she had her own office over in the, in the Capitol, which is not normally done. And Mike would call her on the phone every day. And like, Karen is his main advisor. And so when he left Congress and he was the number three person He was running for governor to run for president. He was – and everybody here in 2012 knew it, and he would be asked it all the time. You know, I'm here to serve the people of Indiana, and I just am so glad. You know, like he – and within two months, he put a field poll in Iowa – out to see kind of where he stood so he was like you know a year or two in his chief of staff quit to start a consulting agency and basically moved to iowa full-time and he was running for president until rifra when he tried to introduce this religious freedom act and that killed his chances of really winning governor like he was if that race had gone on in 2012 he would have lost
1: i'm unfamiliar with that what was the religious freedom act
0: okay so mike pence had several errors. So he he didn't he ran a very like bland campaign in twenty twelve against a very well, fun he's bland. guy.
1: Like he, if you looked up Bland Miriam Webster. Yes. That's his face it would be there. Right. Yeah.
0: And so he r- was running against Rupert from Survivor, <laughs> who yes. was our candidate. <laughs> and then he was running against John Gregg, who is the super funny like conservative pro-life democrat from southern indiana that everybody loved and he almost lost that 2012 race and so but he did in that campaign not he did not mention social issues abortion none of it right so he uh when he got into office you know you have to realize he's coming off of the governorship of mitch daniels who's now changing college's permanently by being the president of Purdue like Mitch Daniels was chief of staff of Dick Lugar one of the best senators in Indiana history uh when Dick Lugar was mayor in the late 60s like Mitch Daniels was like 25 and his chief of staff because he was such a brilliant guy he ran Lilly he ran the office of management and budget for George Bush worked for Reagan um one of the most likable people you know, would have a weekly conversation with the press, super open. Like Mitch Daniels told everybody his eight years, zero social issues. Don't even bring up abortion or gay marriage. Mm -hmm. So when Pence gets in, he owes that whole community who basically like gave him all kinds of money. If you've seen the family on Netflix, like they funded Mike Pence all the time. And so they needed an attaboy. And so, Going around the country was this Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and it basically said that, uh, you know, it protected the religious freedom of churches and businesses. And um, it was uh, kind of off the heels of the North Carolina trans bathroom stuff. And so, oh, he, okay. so they basically like passed this bill, and it was super controversial. I would totally, uh, yeah, there's one piece of it where it was like super offensive to some group, and I forget which group, but it and it just it like it was the one thing that Mike Pence shouldn't have ever done because everybody just went, "Oh yeah, you're just basically a Christian Ayatollah. We told you so. You're the worst." And it basically killed his chances of winning his next race because, remember, he wasn't going to win his first one. He squeaked it out. Two more weeks, he would have lost. So now he's governor facing a loss in his race, and Donald Trump starts coming to town. And Javanka really likes Mike Pence because Javanka and uh, Chris Christie – kind of go, well, listen, you need help with the evangelicals. Mike Pence was third in the House. He's super well-connected. He's going to appeal to the base. And then Newt is out there. So it comes down to Newt. <laughs> and so he Trump flies in one day to in the middle of the VP selection to give a speech here in Indianapolis. A flat tire takes place in the plane, and so Trump is stuck here for the night. So Pence has him over to the governor's residence. He goes to the Conrad. They're talking, they're talking. Newt gets wind of this. Gingrich flies in, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich, flies into Indianapolis. All, all the politicos in Indiana are texting each other. Newt's running around the Conrad looking frantically for, for, for uh, Pence, and he knows that Trump is at the uh, Conrad, but he can't find him. Newt never gets in touch with him. Mike Pence looks at, like basically has like mike pence is mostly a coward like he is exactly who you want mike pence to be if, if to get your vote your money your power whatever like mike pence is really just a cowardly person uh and will tell anybody what they want to hear this is what trump had kind of heard because it is true about mike pence and he basically at one point in the interview just kind of says i'm not going to do that mr president i just really need you to do this uh, I I just wouldn't do that. I'm sorry. Like it basically like kind of puts Trump in his place and Trump like looks at Javanka and goes, Jared and Ivanka Trump.
2: I like him. He's got guts
0: like me.
1: <laughs>
0: and he ends up picking Mike Pence. He never calls Gingrich to tell him. Chris Christie was also in the running. He never tells Christie. He They basically find out in a tweet that Mike's the guy and Pence becomes now.
1: Oh, and,
0: and Krispy Kreme has spent the rest of his career trying to discredit yes. Trump. And so yeah. Pence, why did Pence do it? Because Pence is Mr. Jesus, right? Pence did yeah. it because of his ambition. And Lo Bianco in the interview basically said to me, who's covered Pence forever from here in Indiana all the way to D.C., he goes, his ambition was bigger than his religion. He cares more about his ambition than he cares about Jesus. I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. Um... And yeah. it's and it's sort of true like how do you how do you profess the faith that you have and then go work with and for Donald Trump and when the Hollywood access tape came about like Karen wanted him to quit he was ready to quit they were furious uh, he smoothed it over with that video that video that Trump put out right before the debate or whatever and him is his office going I'm sorry it was a mistake that was strictly to keep. Pence from kicking working with Reince Priebus to kick him off the ticket Uh, and so Pence didn't expect him to win no one expected him to win they're on election night in New York City North Carolina gets called everybody realizes Trump's gonna win Mike's face goes white and this is not just in LoBianco's book, oh. but I've heard it true before. Donald
2: Trump
1: didn't expect to win.
0: Yeah, nobody expected him to win. And so <laughs> yeah. Pence Pence is now vice president. Karen looks at him furious. Are you happy now, Mike? You got what you wanted and storms out. She was pissed. And they uh, they have had a tense relationship ever since. He's never really trusted Pence. And he, he knows that Pence is not totally on his side. But Pence was like the guy that anybody that likes any legislation that Donald Trump got done, they can thank Mike Pence, Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan and to some extent Mm -hmm. James Mattis. And so, you know, all the non interventionist talk like every like General Milley, uh, General Mattis, John Kelly, like all these generals that have kind of retired have all said we kept Trump from nuking Iran like he was ready to go to war in multiple places all the time. We just kept him in check because he's a big baby. Um, so he he thought that's
1: about... That's frightening. Yeah. That, uh, no, that's legit scary. What you have
0: seen about... What you've seen from Donald Trump in the last five to six months is Donald Trump. And so what what you are seeing now, naked, just raw vengeance, anger, you know, can't get past his own criticism, what you're seeing now is Donald Trump that is what is in all these books. You read any of the books like by Bolton or the Michael Wolff book or any of these like tell all books, behind the scenes, former staffer books. This is Donald Trump. They all describe the same person. Like the New York Times and Maggie Haberman have written that this is the guy. This is just him. But all those swamp people like Mike Pence who had been there for 30 years at that point kept Donald Trump in in check and They got him tax cuts and they got him, you know, this non-interventionist foreign policy to some respect, like what you when Trump is left to his own devices, you get people you get insurrection, people invading the Capitol because of conspiracy theories like he is Alex Jones. He's as out of control and as insane as Alex Jones, you know, and people just don't want to admit it because if they admit it, then they have to like look at their other buddies who are in their social group and go i'm I, sorry i just can't can't go along with this and that's too hard for some people i
1: made i made a funny post um when saying that you <laughs> know the uh i don't know when uh, that the uh you know season finale of the celebrity apprentice was really <laughs> lit or whatever but um it, there's a lot of truth to that so if you study like The character of Donald Trump, Um, and I know that you know Pendulette has some skin in the game, and he's considered a libertarian. And um, but I remember listening to an interview of him a long time ago about when he was on the Celebrity Apprentice and talking about Donald Trump, the cult of his personality, and it it actually matches a lot of what you say because he is somebody that is obsessed with winning to the fact where he will just let go of every bit of sanity and anything else just to win. Um and I think that's kind of he he's not sane. He's the not a sane. The only
0: people person. who don't know exactly <laughs> who and what Donald Trump is are his supporters because they don't read anything other than what he wants them to read.
1: Well, they also project their beliefs onto him. Right. Uh, and I've said this, you know, like um feeling ostracized. I think there's a, a large portion of the country that feels ostracized and feels ineffective and feels like, you know, no matter what they do, they don't matter. And so they're going to project onto Donald Trump what they see. So they see a hero in him, but it doesn't matter. He's not, obviously, he's not even smart. Well, I mean, in certain ways he is, but, um,
2: he's president. Yeah.
1: Well, people did that to Barack Obama, who I believe is a little bit more intelligent than Donald Trump, but they did, they projected their, um, their values onto him and and their beliefs and and their hopes, you know, onto somebody. It's very religious.
0: It's very religious. Yeah.
1: Oh, what is he's, you know, you see some of this, uh, symbolism. It's weird. Like kneeling to a cross with the Trump flag. That's.
0: Idolatry. (laughs) Christian nationalism. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, yeah. So so people really do look at him like some kind of idol, like some Christian idol. It's, which is weird because he's like the opposite of that,
0: but I guess to close it out on Pence, I wasn't surprised that he did what he did, which was stab Trump in the back. But like Pence, oh, I, I wasn't is, surprised
1: either. Yeah, yeah, Pence is
0: a shrewd politician who is not an idiot, who is not a traitor in like the Trump now Trump sense, like Josh Hawley sense. Like Trump really does have a uh, Pence really does believe in all of the you know, the best of America, and we're the greatest country, oh, and we're the flag. Like, he yeah. believes and buys all of that totally. The guy wrote the Patriot Act and named it the Patriot Act. Like, he's like he's all in on all that stuff. And, you know, there's a point now where Trump is a threat to the Republican, to the Constitution, and Pence was always going to side with that and was always going to make the decision that he was going to make for the rule of law. Because at his heart, Mike Pence is not anti-rule of law. He's not a fascist. He is not. He's just a follower, no. and it led him to. But there was never ugly a doubt places. in my
1: mind that he would certify the election. There was never yeah. a doubt in my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's not a Trump loyalist. He but, never. None of none of the early yeah. people were Trump loyalists. They were there because the Trump people didn't know what they were doing. They were picked. Christie started the transition, and then Jared. Kushner fired him because Christie put his dad in jail, who's now been pardoned by Trump. Uh, and they put Pence in charge of the transition, and Pence just hired a bunch of Bush people. So, you know, he's... It, it was never a surprise to me that he was going to do it, because he was never... Everybody here was not surprised. And then when they banned, at the day after, they banned his chief of staff, and his and everybody quit, like... And then Pence starts leaking to Jim Acosta at CNN, his uh, Trump's mortal enemy. Like it was game on, bitch, you know? And so now you've got this super Mm -hmm. well-connected shrewd politician leaking all of he's going to leak all of the worst parts of Donald Trump to the media to kill whatever chances he has in 2024, which at this point are non-existent. I mean, there's no way the guy is going to be president Uh, in four uh, years. You know
1: what, Chris? I disagree.
0: Yeah. No, it's just not going to happen. I mean, there's no way.
1: No. People so. are that insane. Mark <laughs> my words right now and on December 40th of 2020. <laughs> so
0: let's go through some of these uh, questions and comments. We got we got oh, a bunch yes, stacking up absolutely. here. Absolutely. All right. Hold yes. On. What do you as an anarchist and a libertarian feel about
1: opportunists? Well, For opportunists sure. could be – anything so i mean if they're an opportunist that doesn't initiate violence you go for it <laughs> yeah you i mean do what you can do in a
0: libertarian <laughs> society a libertarian society is going to have grifters i mean listen we have a lot of government now and a lot of laws and it doesn't protect you from grifters one's in charge of the law so <laughs> like they're <Yeah>. you know <laughs> the the whole point of the constitutional republic which trish hates um, but I like more <laughs> hey,
1: and no, I don't think it's the worst. Like it's, it's, I'm just saying like, I would prefer that to what we have now, but it's never going to happen. And also I just don't respect it. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. So, <laughs> okay, but cool. like we can agree on the rule of law because even if the rule of law is agreed to voluntarily and you sign a contract, right, right. um, and, but the, the fundamental premise of government in a libertarian society is that it's a rule by law. So it's not ruled by a mob, it's not ruled by uh, one single person, a king or a strong man, it's ruled by the law. And that is developed out of England and France and the, the, uh, what's called the divine right of kings. And, Basically, the kings said, I can do whatever I want to anybody I want and to whatever I want to do to their property. And so then the nobles all said, oh, yeah, well, here's Magna Carta, bitch. And then right. that developed this long train towards the rule of law, which said government exists only to constrain and, and keep at bay the worst people in society, especially the ambitious who want to take over power and use the force of government against other people. And so the the natural rights tradition, as it is called, puts law in, in a supreme place because we, we want the law to lock up murderers, lock up child molesters, lock up people I, who I hurt would, others. I would
1: go a little farther. The okay. American system did something a little bit different than that. It actually um, – which – as an anarchist, you know I don't think is like um, the end you, all. Game, you don't need the qualifiers. It, it,
0: it, Go ahead, love the okay, Constitution. I'm just it.
1: saying. You know I don't want to get called out, but um, it actually was basically that the government was there was there to ensure uh, people's natural rights. So it was actually there to protect the individual. And natural rights, really and natural rights mean what? Yeah, like tell
0: people what. Yeah. So
1: it's not anything that you're guaranteed, but it's something that you're guaranteed to be. Um, uh left defended alone. against. So uh, okay, so positive rights and negative rights. So uh you have the right to live, you have the right to pursue happiness or property. Um you have the right to say what you want to say as long as um you're not you're not inciting violence against somebody else. So government is there to protect those rights. That was a really like crazy idea at the time. So it was it was very um,
0: it was revolutionary. Uh, the
1: American style, of, it, yeah, the American style of government was revolutionary. Now, obviously, I have issues with that because I've grown from there, but um, I, I do think that's different than a lot of the other governments that were instituted um, throughout history. So, no, it was the. It's, 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 a, it's a cool idea. It's a cool idea. It can't happen. And the and the whole cool idea. the whole
0: idea was basically to set a set of rights that would that would decentralize power, so you'd have rights protected at the federal, state and local level. So for instance, what you see in the 60s when you know local local and state governments are oppressing black people, you can appeal to the attorney general Robert Kennedy and use the federal government to balance it out and and bring liberty to you know the right to vote which is the right to a fair trial. Because it wasn't just about the right to vote. The Voting Rights Act was about the fact that if you wanted to vote in the South, from basically, you know, Reconstruction, the end of Reconstruction, to the introduction of Jim Crow to the Civil Rights era and, and the Voting Rights Act, you didn't have a single black person registered in most of these southern states. And that's because when they would go in to register to vote, it was legal for them to register to vote, but when they showed up, they faced a series of hurdles. So you either had to have someone in the community of standing to vouch for you. Well, who's going to do that when there's the segregationists and the Klan roaming around ready to beat the crap out of you? Or you had yeah. to, you had to recite an entire paragraph of the state constitution. And if you managed to do that right, then you had to guess how many beans were in a jar. You then and if you got that right, then you had to name the president's in backwards or like it was a series of hoops. And so no zero none and, were registered until the Civil what, Rights Act. Now, hold, hold, so just one when final, final point here to,
1: to inherent racism, that's inherent systemic
0: racism. racism. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Systemic and inherent racism. It's It's not like oblivious, like obvious, like I don't like black people. It's called. How am I going to get them not to do something that they should be able to do That's that, all it is.
0: That constitution in Alabama was written in the late in the early nineteen hundreds with white supremacy explicitly the words "white supremacy" were written into that constitution. that constitution is still there today, even though those particular words have been taken out and so people who had the intent of in of white supremacy in their state that constitution is still the framework of law, which is why the federal government still continues to this day to try and balance things out uh, in various states in various different ways, not just in terms of racial justice. But, Mm -hmm. but so for instance, when people couldn't register to vote, then they couldn't vote, then they couldn't be picked to serve on juries. So black men would be tried for looking or talking to a white woman in the case of Emmett Till, who was killed for just talking to a white woman, uh, they wouldn't face a, j- a jury of their peers. They'd face a jury of white men who hated black men, and it was totally and wholly unjust and corrupt. Well,. Mm-hmm. Alabama wasn't going to reform its own laws until somebody came along and put pressure. And so that's why you you need the natural rights tradition and the the Mm -hmm. system of negative rights at various levels to help balance that out. So now obviously the fatal flaw is that slavery existed, and that didn't exist in the beginning, but it set up a system that eventually eradicated it.
1: The right. constitution ever permitted slavery. People did. Right. That, that's another thing, you know, um, and I'm not, you know, a huge fan of the constitution, but it, it's like back then natural rights. That was a really cool new idea. And, um, as far as like writing it into like a constitution or a declaration, but, uh, it, it it's not that, that those things, you know, guaranteed slavery. It's that the people didn't respect the constitution or, or the rule of law or the people, the fact that people have the right to, um, you know, pursue happiness or whatever, like people will pervert any type of document that there is. Like it, it doesn't really matter. So that's kind of where my anarchy comes in. It's like, you could write something down a million times, but if people don't respect you writing it down, it doesn't mean a damn thing, you know? Yeah. And, and so there's only, I, I own, I'm only about what's real and what's right. And that is, um, myself and me not um, subjecting someone else to violence. So that's basically it. Like I'm going to live my life and not hurt anybody else. And that's anarchy. And that's a beautiful thing. (laughs) I don't need a piece of paper to tell me to do that.
0: Next comment.
1: Hey, I was just listening to you guys talk and uh, to Gingerarchy's point, context does matter. If you're, if you're storming the Capitol with a MAGA Trump
0: flag, 2020 and and it's about the election that was stolen from you know, because your man's not in the office. And yeah, that is context matters. Yeah, I mean that that uh, is. I would
1: agree. Yeah, if somebody <clears throat> was storming it because they wanted to take back their, um, uh, you know, take back the Constitution from the government and their tax money that was stolen from them, you know, I might think differently on it. But um, bro, if that was what. a coup
0: for anarcho-capitalism, I would be all in. But that coup was I not would. for anarcho-capitalism. <laughs>
1: I, I definitely would, but it was not anything about that, and I can't stand when people are trying to make it about that. It's not at all. Those people wanted an authoritarian psychopath, and, that, and they got one.
0: And that was our buddy Fritz <laughs> from the Fritz cast. Make sure you check out his podcast. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, that's what—that's my problem with the—the the, um, but the left, but the left, but the left, which at this point is just basically the new Trump derangement syndrome. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's oh, just sure. the left. Like, roll yeah. your eyes at these people. Just the left. We got it right.
1: Yeah, I'm over that. I'm an anarchist. I don't give a shit. About right. The right or left. I don't like, care what the left freedom. did. It doesn't I'm justify done. your <laughs>
0: violence. But the yeah. the um, the equivalence, and this is something our friend Ryan Lindsay, flaming leftist, got on me about because. <laughs> I firmly believe at this point the worst elements of MAGA are Antifa. Like, there is no difference between the dude that is in the black leather with the Harley patch beating up the dude with the red flag. Like, they're there for the same reasons. Yeah, probably, yeah. They're not really there for social justice or for their president. They're there because they want to beat the shit out of somebody. Um, now –
1: They're there because they're mad and they want to be important.
0: That's right. And so – yeah. you know but he's like listen there's no equivalent between a group of people who are out in the streets protesting uh and and v- violating people's property rights on behalf of uh more liberty right and and so his point is which i'm with you on the protesting like the the BLM protests are to increase liberty for black americans and right. the, the protest just the protests, go in
1: there and decide to destroy things. Yeah.
0: Right. Like the protest for the uh, – f- for Trump is because his feelings are hurt.
2: <laughs> like right. It's not the same thing. Well,
1: that's it. They're like, it's not about that. They're disenfranchised, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, they had a lot of fucking flags with Trump written on it. So if they're disenfranchised, maybe, maybe fly the American flag and talk about liberty, which – I mean, I don't even give a shit about that. But like you invoked his name quite a bit so i i I'm calling bullshit on that. It was all about a dude like there's not that many people that care about liberty. they don't even know they're free right they think they have a master right like I, I just I'm free. I don't have a president, haven't had one in a long time, don't care to have one in the future. oh hey, but uh, would I storm a government building with a guy's name on my flag, oh uh, fuck no, I don't care enough about him because i don't. Yeah,
0: it's really, kidding. really, really weird how many libertarians are pro Trump. Like I'm I
1: don't know. I, I think they want to assign some type like they want to have some part in some insurrection that didn't really happen. Like they want it to be more than it is and it's not. Larking. It's a bunch of status. Yeah, pretty much. But they you know, they hope so much for a revolution. It's kind of sad. But revolution doesn't happen like that, really. Right. It, so, it's more like, you know, buy some Bitcoin and and open a business. (laughs) That's how revolution happens. Next question. (laughs) No, and I hear what you're saying, but like my quote unquote, most woke friends literally think that if you're censored or deleted, that your shit was full of lies because that's what the media tells you. So they don't understand the whole like YouTube angle, social media angle of like people being censored hardcore. I've been seeing this since like pre Bernie shit six years ago. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. They think it's just if it was deleted, it's because it was a lie. And it's like the fuck. Well, it used to be up, but it's not now. Damn. Like go on Duck Duck Go or somewhere else. But it is crazy, dude.
0: Yeah, what I've no, seen. I, go ahead. I, I get what
1: she's saying. No, no, seriously. It, it just because it's deleted, there could be a lot of truth to it. In fact, I had a lot of friends that um, run alternative media sites that really fact check a lot of their stuff and have really great reporters that were deleted in 2018 from most major um, social media sites. So I get it. No, she's right in that. It's just you know, it's not one thing or the other.
0: Um, yeah, the other I thing think, that I think I they think, don't, that is missed in this is that those these sites do not want politics anymore on their platform. They want it gone. Let's get back to the dog photos. That's, you know, but...
1: That's never uh, going to happen.
0: Uh, no, <laughs> never, no. All right, next. No. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with her. I think that people, if... Listen, you have to, like, it's not just enough to, like, check Twitter every day for information because those people are siloing you in in all the information you want to see. Like, you, like, and it's not enough to just, like, you can get the alternative news now basically on your Twitter and Facebook and social media. And then, like, then there's other news that you can get, like, in a different reality on the right-wing, you know, conservative sites like national review and then there's a different reality on the maga sites and then there's a different reality over at vox and then there's like 4chan and like it's a never-ending thing and so you just kind of have to do what you can do but you you know
1: or it, you could just subscribe to wall and get really good information that's
0: right go to we are com. download all of the podcasts at we are com. next comment it's
1: fair and balanced
0: <laughs> fair and imbalanced
1: okay. i know we're having music, Christopher. All right. What's happening? Is there a Christmas here? What, what
2: part of history do you relate to? Is it past, present, or future?
0: What's, what part of history do you relate to, Tricia?
1: Well, I have to say, I think about the future a lot. Um, I'm an optimist, so I suppose I think about that. I think it's really important to um, remember history, Um But I I do look forward to a time when uh, we don't have we have the option to live in a society ruled by a government, or we have the option to live in a voluntary society. I choose to be an optimist, so I live in the future.
0: (laughs) I live in the 1910s, 20s, and somewhat 30s.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is my favorite period. (laughs) Uh,
0: No, I think because there is something about the the tens like the 10s and the 20s specifically that are so parallel to today you've got the 20s clan which like here in indiana the 20s ku klux klan was a third of the state and it wasn't aimed at african americans it was aimed at the catholics and and the reason was that they were the ones who were stealing their jobs the catholic immigrants and so you know you there's that part and then there's like the the development of socialism and uh, you also had a okay. lot of community and, and like it hadn't been soiled by modernity yet. Uh, but like there was just like this, I don't know. There's something about world war one and there's so much. So that
1: was kind of the apex of the industrial revolution. Which yes. Brought on all these divisions. So every
0: single issue that like we're in the middle of the crash of that of everything that was developed in that time period and everything that kind of like they perfected so many things from the industrial revolution at that peak and, and said, this is the real way to do things. And then you had the faults and starts with, with like Nazi Germany and fascism rise as a result of that period. And then the cold war as a result of that period. And so much of that is ending now and to really understand where we're going in the future, you have to understand what is going away now and what we are giving up and what is what is passing away because of the Internet age. And I just find that period to be really fascinating. I'm in the middle of a book right now called The Day the Bubble Burst about the day that the stock market crashed and like
1: oh the, yeah,
0: the massive wealth that was lost on that day and that people had in that period and. It's really a really interesting book, so uh, I yeah. think that's my favorite period.
1: I think we were talking about how we don't think that you know we're going to have a civil war because people have to really lose their livelihood before they have a civil war. Yeah, well, they did lose their livelihood in in the stock market crash originally, and so I I don't know uh, what what's going to happen where people are going legit lose their minds and we're gonna have a civil war i don't know but i think it's coming within the next 30 to 50 years obviously we're down we're you know we're going down that path
0: yeah unfortunately i agree um
1: yeah so you know get your shorts ready
0: <laughs> next up
2: what part do you do you take part in is it your past your present or your history. I
0: think we
1: just had that question.
0: Let's sort of focus it like when you're operating in your daily life, do you tend to like, are you a forward thinking person? Or are you a past thinking person? Like do you dwell on things or are you just like, I'm a live in the moment gal? I'm a
1: forward thinking person because I feel like I'm a different person than I was growing up or than I was in my 20s. And so I, I don't, I've, you know, I feel like I've, evolved so i try to live in the future because um although i've learned from my past i'm not the same person so i I don't identify with her as much as i do with who i am now
0: i would say that i am career-wise definitely professionally focused like it's and i've always been that way i'm always thinking five years ahead where am i going to be what do i need to do now how do i need to prepare what can i do you know but in my personal life i'm I'm very past backward looking, like I am trying to achieve a moment in my head when I was like 10 years old and it's Christmas and there's a fireplace going Mm. and my mom is like stroking my head and it was the most content moment of my life and like everything (laughs) in my personal life is trying to get back to that moment.
1: I will, I just, I will never be there again. (laughs) (laughs) I know that. So, you know, I'm hoping for better things in the future.
0: <laughs> Nothing better than your mom stroking my head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you knew my mother. <laughs> All
2: right. Do we have, do we have...
1: Biblically, <laughs> do we have more questions?
2: Yep.
0: So, I have something to say. When we stop looking at people to save us and we start looking at ourselves, that's when America will get better. When men start taking responsibility for their families, that's when America
1: will start looking better. When men start helping their neighbors, that's when America will get better. When we come together, not divided. These governments want to
0: watch us be divided.
1: You know what, Thomas, 007, I could not uh, agree more with you. I think uh, it's up to the individual. And that's always the salvation of a state or a society, I think men have really been, I think we talked about this today in the uh, group chat, men have really been kind of cast aside and they don't have role models and they're not looked at as, you know, um, are you saying Aubrey Huff isn't a role model? I'm saying yes. (laughs) (laughs) Men should be respected a little more than they are. And that's not some type of patriarchal, whatever, bullcraft, because, you know,
0: why do you, why do you say that? That's very controversial. Why do you say that?
1: Uh, because I feel like for some reason, uh, because we did live in a patriarchal society and women did rightfully want to, you know, uh, be saw, be looked at as individuals and, and um, you know, have their rights be uh, acknowledged. But what happened in that was that men were somehow made lower and uh, made not to be able to speak. And I, I think that... It, I never want to be a better woman because I made a man lower than me. Like I, I that doesn't make any sense to me and I think that society is kind of like it's like one or the other.
0: So here's what I would say about it and I made this point in chat today um because of the because of paternalism, uh essentially the because of patriarchy, you're really expected as a man to put your lady over to like really compliment her make her feel special like and and I don't which think Which is a good thing. Which it's is a, a great thing. thing. And there's yeah. nothing wrong yeah. with that. But damn it Trisha, I want to be told I'm cute too. Yeah. Just every Trisha. once in a while. Just tell me I'm, you know, well, like those little tokens of appreciation. I'm with somebody now who does that so well and is so great like you know, I know she appreciates me and I know and I've just been in a lot of relationships where that kind of neglect takes place and uh i'll tell you just being with a woman who appreciates me the same amount if not more than i appreciate her and we do stuff for each other and like it's just really nice to have that kind of reciprocal thing as opposed well, to well you're just supposed to pamper me it's like well this well, is just not going to
1: work of goes like back to like what men and women really are which is- you know, people can get angry about that because you're putting men and women into, like, you know, the biological differences and blah, blah, blah. But uh, women want to be adored and loved and men want to be respected. And that's just biological. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's just – and so if you can kind of do that for your partner. And I get that. Like I, I really try to tell my husband how much I appreciate the fact that, that he takes care of us. He really does. Yeah. We've had to go to more traditional roles because, you know, whoops, we had a baby. And so um, I I think it would be really shitty of me not to acknowledge the fact that he does that. Uh, And, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm weak or that he should and he doesn't look at me any less than I am. It's just what we do. And I I think... We've gone so far away from appreciating men because of the fact that women were kind of looked at as less than that, you know, we've kind of like flipped the, turned the tables and now like men are kind of crapped on in society. And what happened, uh, we crapped on men for so long and now they're becoming little bitches, mega bitches.
0: <laughs> Honestly, like this, <laughs> this whole truck, <laughs> this whole truck rant thing. And like Aubrey Huff, like I mentioned him, and I don't know if you know who that is, but like He's just like, yeah, yeah, like this baseball player, I think. And like, he's just, uh, I'm so manly and I'm just going to be the most offensive shit poster man I can. And if you don't like it, then you have low T and here's my truck nuts. And you're just like, what a fucking pussy. Like, you just, people don't realize how they come across. And like, I got to some, some guy today, like I'm on a comment thread. I wasn't even talking to him and it was on a local radio talk show host page. So he's in my DMs and he's just like, you think you're a funny guy, don't you? I bet you're not as funny when you're in person. Like, you know how many times a week some asshole tells me that? Like, I'm not going to fight you. I'm never going to meet you. I will not. I don't even know the guy's name. Chris
1: is actually funny. Chris is actually pretty funny, guys.
0: Thank you. I am hilarious. (laughs) I am
1: (laughs) pound pound for pound the funniest
0: libertarian podcaster out
1: there. (laughs) Well, no, I get the same thing from, like, men, like, being angry at females online, like, Oh, you know, try to tell me off. Oh, you're ugly. You're super. And I'm like, yeah, I'm none of those things. So, okay, but thanks. Right. People people say ridiculous things online. Ridiculous.
0: People Mm. like come Mm. to my
1: face and say it. Like, really?
0: Yeah. Come to her (laughs) face.
1: Yeah. Oh, don't even Christopher.
0: (laughs) Hey, you said it. All right. Next. I did. (laughs) Next comment.
1: Next question. Okay, that was a good question.
0: Listen, I will never understand what were they trying to accomplish by storming the the palace. I will never understand. I mean, I watch a couple of videos. I mean, they just have to accept that Donald Trump is never going to be the president. It's over. You know what I'm saying? Like, these dumbass Americans think that they're going to accomplish anything. Like, oh, yeah, you know what? Let's vote again. Like, no, voting only goes once and that's it. It's as simple as that, except that Donald Trump is not going to be a president. These idiots are storming the motherfucking palace thinking that they're going to, the Congress are going to change their mind. Like, no, that's not going to happen. It's over. Just just let it go, motherfucker. You know, just watch the Frozen movie. You know the Frozen movie?
1: Let it go. Let it go.
0: I got to say. Okay,
1: number one. Go okay, ahead. Is he South African? because his accent i can't pinpoint and that kills me. I am I guessing he
0: is british and he is No, it's... could that was be
1: Not a british accent.
0: Could be no, but it sounds like like um like a caribbean british to me.
1: So like, location? No. No, 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 like no, like african.
0: Well, you're going to have to comment, dude, cuz you african have
1: african
0: is like australian and english mixed together. Yeah, but it's a little more like he's not as as high Wait, do as that as, again, it's not that as again. high uh so <laughs> that little like it's not australian but it's a tinge. um no he has he has like his parents were from like jamaica and they live in britain now <laughs> and he lives it. in the west end like he's he's in <laughs> no. love actually i know that character um he's
1: yeah oh no that's great that's a great flick
0: i love your (laughs) accent but listen british or south african guy fuck off this is america don't you tell us how to run our country i'll come over there
1: that's right and we don't have palaces because we don't have a monarchy this is
0: a fucking america okay
1: has something to say about it yeah
0: (laughs) good old quiznos (laughs) Uh, um so yeah i mean listen international listeners we don't get it either so there's here's what's happening in america and you back me up trish on this Okay. I, I guess, like, so with things siloing and, you know, there being all these, like, you have to realize America's the third largest country. So, like, when everybody's like, we need healthcare like Luxembourg, it's like, it's not, it's, yeah. we're like not able to 4, do it.
1: Thousand of us to every one of them.
0: Yeah. Right. Like, there's 306, 330 million people. Like, it's a, an enormous country. Like, to, to drive from... End to end in Britain, from Scotland to, to you know Guernsey or wherever. Uh,
1: it's you're, horrible, Chris. That wasn't even close. That wasn't even a thing. <laughs>
0: um, you know, like it. It's this the time it takes to drive from Indiana to Atlanta. Like it's it's an enormous country, and it's hard for people to grasp that. And so there's just an enormous amount of people and opinions, and it's a very independent country and uh people have just kind of stopped talking to each other because of the bipartisanship and the two-party system and i really just don't think you can unless you're living in one of these countries it's hard to explain the effect of propaganda on people you know the people that are yeah. like your mother or your dad or your coworkers you're just like who who have you become uh and it's because they have just given up shame. Like Donald Trump, they have adopted the 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 characteristics of their leader. Like there's a, a complete lack of shame in in his followers. There is a complete like there's this confrontation of I want to see you cry. Like f you there's also like a complete lack of ability to be self critical uh and to say like I'm going to criticize Donald Trump for this. Like, you cannot, under any circumstances, get a Trump supporter to criticize Donald Trump. It just, and if they are oh, no. in the oh, camp, like, yeah. it's really inexplicable, other than to say these people are so cultish now that, and, and like, I'm talking about like the. People that were at the Capitol, I'm not talking about the 47 million that voted for him because we have to make that they'll, distinction.
1: They'll, they'll twist anything he says into what they want it to be. So, yes. oh, he meant this or he meant that. They project. They just project right. what they want. Well, he tweeted
0: head. he wanted them to be pre- peaceful, but, like, listen to Don Jr.'s speech, and he's like, we're going to come to the backyard. We're going to fight them. So it's – it's yeah. There's nothing we can say other than the hardcore cultists, the people that are rushing the Capitol. Uh, there's two groups that were there. There was the family people, the fun. They're there for the camaraderie. Like, America has no community. There's, it's very spread out. Like, if you grew up in the suburbs, you don't come out of your house, you don't talk to your neighbors. Like, people are very lonely here. And this polit- these political movements give people community. And they want to be good members of standing in the community. And the community ne and the rules of the community are set by a narcissistic nut job. And, you know, but like more people just voted for tax cuts than anything, right? So not everybody's crazy. They just sort of don't see the worst parts. I see the worst parts because I follow it so closely. But like the storming of the Capitol was when so many people in America went wait a minute, this is like everything that my liberal friend has been saying about this guy. What the heck? And even people there, I mean, people there were not anti-storming the Capitol. I mean, the, what, I thought that couldn't be possibly be the case. People would be horrified. my I was just trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, and JD said, no. You remember the Passion of the Christ where they're letting Barabbas out and the whole crowd's like, give us Barabbas. He's like, that's what yep. it was like. These people are just... And the people that were there leading the charge were white supremacists. They were Nazis. They were literal neo-Nazis handing out literature. They're with weapons, you know. So um, that is such a small percentage of this country. And the media focuses so much on those uglier elements because we're all outraged Mm -hmm. by it and they're personally victims of this group that they're pissed at them. And you have to understand, like the 10% of the country that you see all the time in the news is not all of America, but there is a pretty damn big percentage of this country that will do everything they possibly can to excuse those people because of coalitional instinct. And that makes them complicit in it. And that is a huge problem. That's another big problem is just that people excuse the worst parts. Well,
1: I'm thinking about that a lot, and I want to say things about people we know, but I'm not going to.
0: (laughs) Say it. Just, you know, you don't have to invoke names. Like, we're on the wall network abiding by Reagan's 11th commandment and not talking ill of other libertarians. But you can mention conservatives. They're fair game.
1: Okay, well, they're projecting things onto these people um, and giving them some sort of, like, noble existence that they don't have oh, these people are just frustrated at the system. Oh, this and that. No, they literally flew a flag with a man's name on it and invoked it because they wanted him to be their master. There's nothing intelligent about it. If they're frustrated with the system, it's because
0: they're believing things that are just categorically not true.
1: (laughs) Uh, Like, I'm frustrated with the system because I know it's garbage. I'm not going to go take a man's flag some authoritarian leader and fly it on the Capitol and go try to kill people or break windows or do whatever. Like that, that's, that's not what they were there to do. Don't assign them some sort of like dignity. And uh, it's stupid. I'm really sick of libertarians siding with it or thinking, well, we can take over this revolution no, this isn't a revolution. It's a bunch of idiots doing something that some authoritarian told them to do. If you want to take it over, you need
0: to be more violent than those people. Like how do libertarians who, (laughs) like the foundation of libertarianism is that we don't use violence to achieve social political goals. If you think that you are going to take over the MAGA movement or influence it to be libertarian, you're mistaken because it's all about violence like you cannot out violence them they're going to eat you alive
1: well they believe in forcing their will on people through violence like and that's anti-libertarian like if i want people to agree with me i need to give them better ideas and that's that whole like i'm not gonna go storm the Capitol. i'm not gonna go put a gun to somebody's head i'm gonna make like i'm gonna make a business or i'm gonna like you know use Bitcoin. Like, these are the things that anarchists and libertarians should do. We shouldn't involve ourselves with this status. It's, there's no winning. You're not going to win them over. You know, it's, I, I don't understand trying to co-opt that movement. It doesn't make any sense and it, it seems like it would destroy the libertarian movement and destroy our credibility and that's what it's and, doing. And you
0: can't discount the racism. I mean, they're just libertarianism oh, and yeah. racism do not I mean, Oh,
1: we're not allowed to say that, Chris. We're no. blue pilled. If we say that, fuck this that.
0: whole it's true thing. Let
1: me tell you a goddamn thing about this stupid blue pill thing. Shut the fuck up. You're blue pilled. This is dumb. You might as well use Snowflake or Karen. Stop saying people are blue pilled or red pilled. You're nothing. You're supporting maga people. Whatever. I don't. You're okay. Said like a true That's blue really pillar. Cute. You're. A little, I, I'm done with it. It's stupid. No, you can't say that. I'm sorry. You're maybe you're. Well, Blue pilled because you 're supporting a bunch of maggot idiots i 'm an anarchist i 'm sorry i don 't support status so no but this you're is this is this is the
0: Thanks. psychology of it if you 're grouping people into segments and then pitting them against each other you 're collectivizing people. And that is why racism and libertarianism cannot coexist, because it's all about the dignity of the individual. The individual, every life has value. Every person has value. And every system needs to be built to allow those people to self-actualize, regardless of race, color, creed, religion. That's what classical liberalism and the heart of individualism and the rule of law is about. It's about taking violence off of the table and allowing everyone the dignity to live their life as they see fit
1: and and throwing out like, well, I guess you're blue pill. you know what, all you're doing is trying to throw somebody in a camp and collectivize them. Right. You know, and maybe listen to them. Maybe you could learn something. It's, it's not us versus them. You're going to take a fraction of the population and reduce it even smaller. That's so stupid. There's, there's like four libertarians. Were you going to be one against three? Right. That's dumb. there's very very few of us
0: all right (laughs) next question do we even have a future
2: being that we have this coronavirus thing going on there's always
1: a future yes like i said i'm an optimist and um the let's, future is always bright. Let's go back. To, you make it. Being, let's
0: yeah. Let's go back to 1918. Let's go back to my favorite period of history. Oh, right,
1: Lord Jesus Christopher. Why so, are we going to 1918?
0: Because it's a horrible, horrible year in human history. It's <laughs> awful. People in Indiana are wiping their butts in the dark in an outhouse with corn cobs because toilet paper is not invented. There Boy. is no indoor plumbing in Indiana and a hundred years ago you have the the flu this flu that is worse than coronavirus that is killing the world it lit on fire all at once in the middle this of world great. war Oh, <laughs> oh i'm going baby in world war one okay. if you go go listen to dan carlin's history of world war one it is the most gruesome awful atrocious war in human history i know world war Two was it bigger is actually. But it's actually yeah so no, much it's worse it's nasty yeah you have you have racism in jim crow that is just unimaginably oppressive you have a small town life where people have very little going on and they have they have community but they have very few possessions they have nowhere near the wealth they barely have penicillin there is polio running around there is no vaccinations to help you there is no merck and and pfizer out there creating i mean there's like a lab with, like, four tubes fighting the pandemic. Read this book by John Barry about the 1918 flu. They're like, I don't know, is lighter fluid going to do it? Like, they have no idea what's going on. And we have just invented a new technology that will change vaccinations forever in, like, four months. That I mean, we live in the greatest time in human history. You right now have more access to food, health care, and better shelter and warmth than King Henry VIII ever did. You, the poorest person uh, uh, listening to this broadcast.
1: mm -hmm. The bottom of America lives like the 1% in the world. Right.
0: In the last, since 1990, global poverty has been cut in half. You have uh, like... The, the media, politicians, these groups, what they love to tell you is that it's all coming to end and to the end and those guys are doing it and I can save you. And the truth is, is that's not going to happen. There is no end of the world. There may be a civil war, but there is a future on the other side of that. Human beings are extremely efficient creatures who are constantly going after the, the motivating factor is scarcity in the human brain. I don't have enough. I need to produce more. I need to. And and when people produce more, you know what they go? uh, There's a problem to be solved. I'm going to make money and resources for myself. I'm going to help other people. I'm solving this problem to help other people. Like in some respects, we live in one of the most free and empathetic societies that has ever existed in human in human. Uh, The earth. It's true. You're a
1: victim. Uh, No, unless you live in Yemen.
0: Right. Yes.
1: Uh, uh, Because there's over a million people that are uselessly and needlessly starving to death on the other side of the globe because of American foreign policy. Yes. Uh, So uh, the children, a child shits themselves to death in the 21st century. There's a problem with that. And uh, we need to look at that. So I, I would say that's a huge passion of mine. And I, I just, I can't stand the fact that nobody gives a shit about
0: that. Yeah, we have, it's, our, our society is so wealthy, we have a non-profit sector that helps deal with those tragedies that, you know, like, there, there's there's many things to be hopeful about. There's, there's the awakening over George Floyd th- that happened over the summer. Yes. There, there is just so many good things happening in the world. I wish
1: we could have a, an awakening about what's happening in the Middle East. I really wish we could, because, like... We're gonna get close to like we're way past Holocaust numbers. We're gonna get close to a billion people wow. that are starving and in like hunger, uh, in food crisis. Like a billion in food crisis. That's like,
2: crazy. That's
1: not okay. Yeah. And and I don't know. Anyways, I went off and I diverged. So, like,
0: fuck your parlor (laughs) and fuck your Spotify and I can't get Trump on my Twitter. Like, who gives a shit? (laughs) Like, your government is killing people. Where are our priorities? It doesn't matter that some... I'm like,
1: get mad. Don't get mad that Trump's not getting reelected. Get mad that kids are pooping to death because they can't get clean water. Get mad about that. Get mad at your government for stealing your money about that. They're stealing your money and killing children. Get fucking mad about that! Yeah, don't care. Who cares about Trump? He'll be fine. He'll right, be okay without. You. Oh my God! Somebody said
0: amen and "a women," and the language is changing. We're yeah. all going to be overwhelmed. Oh my and God! A lady go, with
1: purple hair said something mean, and and I'm not a guy anymore. Whatever. <laughs> Who what cares? Who
0: cares? <laughs> it's so trivial yes, and stupid. Cops
1: are murdering people in the street. Murdering people in the street. Be mad about that. Be mad about that.
0: All right. Ugh. Next question.
2: Hello, I have a question. Uh, I was watching something on TV one day.
0: Well, uh, let's see if the next
2: one is right. You know what? I don't think anything's going to be the same again with this coronavirus going on. Hmm. I really don't think anything's going to change.
0: And she's got one more comment here. Okay.
2: Well, the coronavirus got really bad because... uh, Donald Trump, if he would have did something in the first place, the corona would have never got this bad. So now we're all suffering. we got to stay in the house, wear masks and stuff like that because of Donald Trump.
1: Uh, I I disagree with that. I mean, I I definitely think you could have handled it better in the beginning and we probably would have had a better grasp on it if he actually would have acknowledged it. Um, But I don't think a lot of the government actions have helped (laughs)
0: I mean the the failure on testing and centralizing testing earlier is the biggest failure because that she's exactly right and that's that's where she her point is yeah, totally you right. Yeah, I
1: diverge that. a little bit on this. It's so, okay that
0: you're wrong, um, uh, but okay. so like. Well, <laughs> Basically, what happened is the the c d c and the f d a said, "Well, we don't want the German vaccine; we're making our own vaccine we uh we're gonna centralize it and so for a month, they just kind of twiddled their thumbs until they finally opened it all up when everybody realized this was a real problem and ever since yeah. then like he because he got so much pressure like operation warp speed and buying all these vaccines like that sped up that process immensely. And so that would have been a win for him if he had actually rested on those laurels instead of all the stolen election stuff. That would have been his legacy. It would have yeah. been he did an OK job on the vaccine and we got tax cuts. Cool. And and then now it's there was an insurrection at the Capitol.
1: <laughs> I I honestly think, though, looking at it objectively, any politicians would would have failed yeah. in this. And it probably would have been close to the same result, regardless of what side of the aisle they were on, to be honest. Uh, it's – because it's not a government issue.
0: Here's the deal with coronavirus, it, and you – I don't it, know. It's if a good.
1: health – it's a health and, and, and human issue. <laughs> yeah. And, and and it's a virus, and these things happen. Right. <laughs> this is called the life on the planet Earth. I yes. don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. It's very
1: it, real. It's very real. It's just – I don't know.
0: It's hard. To, you can't blame a politician for it. You can blame them for lockdowns, but no. you can't blame them for it. Yeah, I don't blame Trump for the right. virus, but – you know they to me they they were irrelevant they just should have gotten out of the way let all the people make I, the I vaccines, would agree. all that yeah. just get out of the way
1: and people would have trusted things more if if the politicians weren't involved with them
0: exactly you thank know? you yeah yeah um, but the coronavirus will go away it is going to end it is not all oh, hopeless well, yeah. yeah i mean by the end of the year i would bet that we are just living mostly normal
2: Well, no, I believe if Donald Trump would have told people about it and found a cure for it, um, it wouldn't have got this bad if he would have only let people know that um, the coronavirus was going around. So I definitely believe it is his fault because he knew about it and he didn't tell nobody. And now we had it and it got badder. And now we don't even know if it's ever going to go away or if they, if there is going to be a curl for it. Donald Trump's not bright enough
1: to find a cure for a coronavirus. So. Yeah. I mean, the, I'm not it's about that. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's no politician that could have solved this. I mean, it really was yeah. collaborative effort by global medical professionals, like working together to try and find that cure. The German vaccine with the test tube makers from China, you know, all that stuff. So, so I do, uh, I do agree that he should have been on the ball and messaging it sooner. But listen, I mean, you elect Donald Trump, you get Donald Trump. I mean, that's not yeah. him. He's not on the ball. He doesn't read his briefings. Like, he's not curious. He's, you know, I mean, that was... There's, uh, there's some vindication of Hillary Clinton when... And, and her ads, her whole campaign was basically, when the phone rings at 4 a.m., do you want Donald Trump answering the phone? And we didn't at all yeah so uh he really really messed it up and i think that's the thing like when you know trump could have sailed to re-election but when he faced his first real test as president and it's a test that no president really would have done well at uh he just he just folded you know and then you get to like the Coveto moment where he's on the he's got covid and he's not you know aggressively not wearing masks and it's just like the whole country in america you know most of the country just went all right i'm i'm done with him and i'm done with the people that think like him here's a loss and you know if you've ever broken up with a narcissist you know this is not over yet so uh so yeah um all right thanks so much i mean trisha it's great conversation always good talking to you that's
1: good absolutely Chris, where can we find you on social media?
0: Go to chris-spangle.com, and you can also listen to The Chris Spangle Show. Please go check it all out at wearelibertarians.com. What about you, Tricia?
1: You can find me anywhere you find Gingerarchy or Tricia Stewart on the most major social media platforms. So just put in Gingerarchy, and you'll find me.
0: Hey, and and please subscribe (laughs) to us both. We'd love to have you. Uh, We're going to definitely do this again and hopefully on a regular basis and and get into a habit because it's been so much fun.
1: Yes. All
0: right. I'll talk to you later. Peace and
1: love on, on December 40th.